Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Vine and Branches podcast. My name is Allie O'Neill, and today we're starting our series on marriage. Now, if you're not married, I still think this is going to be a phenomenal resource for you because we're going to be talking about men and women, different traits about them, and how we can live to our full potential as men and women of God. So even if you're not married, I highly recommend that you sit in on this podcast. So we're breaking it down into different sections, and today it's going to be on the Proverbs 31 woman. Now I'm going to talk about the stigma that's put up with being a Proverbs 31 woman and what it actually means and what scripture is actually saying about the praise of a wife of noble character or a noble woman of character. So I'm not going to touch on the man side of marriage because mostly because of this. I am not a man. I've never spent a day in my life as a man and I do not want to even pretend that I know what it's like to be a man. So on Sunday, my husband's going to be joining me on the podcast and I'm going to have him take a little bit of the men's side of marriage before we start our segment on communication. So let's just jump in today on the Proverbs 31 woman and I'm super excited. This is great for husbands to listen to as well so you can better understand your wife or what your wife may be struggling with from a biblical perspective. So this is, although this is tailored to women today, this really is a great chance for you to listen in. So what is the Proverbs 31 woman? I think that there are a bunch of different things that people think when they associate it. And chances are, if you're a Christian woman, you already have some sort of idea for yourself. So we've heard it as subject matters for countless Mother's Day sermons or women's Bible studies. And there's even Christian women's ministries that are around the Proverbs 31 woman. So some people may think that this is the epitome of what it means to be a godly woman. That the Proverbs 31 woman is virtuous and it gives us a lofty ideal to live up to. Some think that she's smart, she's strong, and she's capable. And her husband has full confidence in her and her children rise up and call her blessed. Others think that she's everything the modern Christian woman could want to be and more. That she has it all, she does it all, she even gets her own chapter in the Bible to tell the rest of us how wonderful she is. And then there's some people out there who just get anxiety and they're overwhelmed by the Proverbs 31 woman. This is because they're reading the scripture and they're thinking that this is what they have to live up to and they're putting themselves down when they can't live up to these expectations. So while some modern Christians idealize her working hard to live up to her inspiring example, others read Proverbs 31 and feel like a failure. Then there are other Christians who pretty much are going to ignore the Proverbs 31 woman, assuming that the Bible passage doesn't really apply to them for whatever reason. So... No, my my stance on it is I think that it's important information and 
it's good advice that's being given in the Bible, but I'm not trying to pull each of these traits out like generous, wise, works with hands, praised, careful, blessed, kind, trusted, respectful, good to husband, good to children, reflects God's glory through my attitude and my actions. Those are all amazing things that I should already be doing as a Christian and I should already be trying to do as a Christian. So I'm not... I'm not too hard on myself when I screw up on these things. But some people are. And I was wondering kind of like when was the last time I read for myself what the Bible actually says about the Proverbs 31 woman. Versus taking what everyone else is saying about it and heeding their example rather than the Bible's example of it. So I decided to do just that. And I dove into Proverbs 31. And I just want to explain to you who the Proverbs 31 woman really is and what the intent is of this in the Bible. So the first thing is Proverbs 31 is actually written to a man, not a woman. It's kind of interesting because when Christian women read the Bible verses about this woman today, we start in verse 10, which is the wife of noble character. That she's far more precious than jewels. You'll probably see that on tons of t-shirts and um, plaques and stuff like that. So we tend to usually skip over the first nine verses in the chapter, which is going to actually set the stage for the portion of the Proverbs 31 passage that everyone's so familiar with. So if we actually go back to a few verses, 31.1, you're going to find that this passage is written to a man, King Lemuel, not to a Christian woman as a whole. So it wasn't God speaking out of the clouds who wrote these verses. It's rather that they were spoken to the King Lemuel by his mother. And she was giving advice to her son. She wasn't giving advice to daughters or daughters everywhere. This was advice that was she was giving to her son. So the second thing is that the Proverbs 31 is one woman's motherly advice. And it's not an overarching prescription for us that we need to follow. There are so many verses in the Bible that are instructions for godly living. But not every Bible verse is going to be a commander and instruction. And while we can absolutely benefit from every verse in the Bible, not every verse in the Bible was written to or about us. And honestly, I think it's pretty self-centered to think that they would be. So I think as women, we have taken the Proverbs 31 woman and we have made this our personal prescription. We have said that this was tailored for us and it's, the Bible's command or instruction to us of how we should live as women. And it's not. It's advice that we can take, but this was never a command that was given to us. So Proverbs 31 was not written to Christian wives to instruct them on how to measure up. It was actually written for a man to inspire him for what type of woman to look for. So men, this is where you come in. If your mom is, if you're getting advice from your mom and she's telling you what kind of woman you want, you probably have heard some of your mom say, or maybe not your mom's, other people say, um, 
you should find a woman like your mother. That's how you know she's a good woman. Well, this king's mom is saying, listen, find a wife who's generous, wise, works well with her hands. She's praised. She's careful, blessed, kind, trusted, respectful, um, a woman who draws her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. There's so many things that are in here that this mother is saying to this king and saying, hey, this is maybe some things that you should look out for. Now, it's impossible to find a woman who has all of these things just right off the bat. She may possess the potential to do these sorts of things, but these are the things that you want to be looking for. So this is it, when, you, when we're reading it in context, the mother is basically telling her son, don't make bad choices, don't get drunk, don't chase women, treat others well, and find yourself a good, godly woman, and here's what that may look like. This is not saying that Christian women need to do every single one of these things to measure up to being a good Christian woman. That's not what this is saying. The third thing is that in the Jewish culture, a Proverbs 31 is a song of praise for a woman of valor. So if you've ever read A Year of Biblical Womanhood, uh, this is a great book. This is by Rachel Held Evans. And I don't 100% agree with her theology, but the book was very interesting. And I I really appreciate how diligent she worked to seek out more of the Jewish context behind the Old Testament passages that we're still reading today. So she also has a blog and it's called um, Three Things You Might Not Know About the Proverbs 31 Woman. And in here she says, I first learned this from my Jewish friend Ahava who told me that in her culture it's not the women who memorize Proverbs 31, it's actually the men. They memorize it, and Ahava said to sing it as a song of praise to the woman in their lives. Their wives, their daughters, their sisters, mothers, and friends. Ahava's husband sings Proverbs 31 to her at every Sabbath meal. So how about that? It's actually the men in the Jewish culture who are memorizing this scripture, and they are singing it as praise. They're praising the noble character of their wife. So not only do Jewish men sing Proverbs 31 over their wives to praise them for being such wonderful, godly women, but Jewish women also use the passage to praise each other as well. So not only are men using this, but it's awesome because women are able to encourage other women in their life in this culture. I think that this is a phenomenal way to use the scripture so we can build each other up, not take ourselves down because we think that we're less than or we can't live up to it. I was talking about being the you that God created you to be and how I was talking to my friend and she said that um, she sees these posts on Instagram or other mothers doing things and she's like, I'm just sitting here in front of my dishwasher and my sweatpants and my slippers and I can't do these lavish meals and create this crazy stuff. Granted, I don't even have time to post it on social media. It makes me feel like a failure. So many women out here are using this and taking a negative connotation from it rather than using it as scripture or a song of praise. 
So the fourth thing that I want to mention to you is that the virtuous woman is actually an allegorical character. This is not a real person. And it's also important to remember that while scholars aren't in 100% agreement, the Proverbs 31 woman likely was not real. Rather, she's simply a compilation of the best traits of godly women as a whole. So this king's mother is probably looking at who she thinks is a godly woman, and she is taking examples as a whole and giving this to this king. So in fact, if you're, if you're going to read through the entire book of Proverbs, you're going to meet three other allegorical characters. There's wisdom, folly, and the adulteress. So no one considers these three women to be real people, and the Proverbs 31 woman probably isn't either, but rather she completes the set. So wisdom and folly go together. The adulteress and the wife of noble character do too, and it's pretty neat how that works out. So it's impossible because we can't be a trophy wife, the perfect mom, a successful entrepreneur and a crafty DIY mom all at the same time. We're not perfect and we mess up sometimes. Welcome to the club and none of us um none of us are ever going to be perfect. This this is not to be taken as a scripture of perfection. The next thing that I want you to know is that the virtuous woman isn't weak, passive, or the family maid. This is another thing that a lot of moms or wives or just women in general think is that we need to be weak, passive, or the family maid. And I'm not sure how they're getting this from the scripture. Because I feel like oftentimes we get so hung up on submission, thinking that in order to be a good Christian wife, we have to be quiet, keep all of our opinions to ourselves, and just let our our husbands do whatever they want and dominate us. Even when our husbands make decisions that we're not agreeing with. I'm not saying that we do that successfully. It's just that we feel like this is what is expected of us. But if you're actually looking at the Proverbs 31 woman, she is confident, capable, and she's self-assured. Her husband goes off to the city gate where he's a respected elder, and he's totally confident in her to take care of everything while he's away. The scripture is telling us that her husband has full confidence in her, and she considers she considers a field and buys it. Out of her own earnings, she plants a vineyard, and she's clothed with strength and dignity. She honors her husband, and she reflects on him well, but she's still her own person with her own skills, strengths, and abilities, not just the family maid. So growing up, I had heard a bunch of different things about the role of the woman and that she needed to stay home, tend to the kids and her husband and be quiet and not say anything and not do anything. And this is not the Proverbs 31 woman. The Proverbs 31 does have her own skill, strengths and abilities. And she is capable of going out there and buying a field from her own income. This is why so many people out there, men and women alike, think that women should not be working and they should not have jobs. But I don't think that this is a biblical standard that's been put out there for us. This is a standard that humankind has created. 
How often do we think that the Proverbs 31 woman is the perfect example of the perfect wife and the perfect mom? But count how many times her family is actually mentioned. A full half, which is actually 11 of the verses in the passage, are about how hard she works both inside as well as outside of the home. And while only four even mention her husband and her kids are only mentioned one time. So look at the end. Does it say honor her for what a calm and gentle mother she is? Or does it say honor her because she is super crafty while still managing to keep her house spotless? No, it doesn't. Honor her for all that her hands have done. She's her own person with her own unique God-given talents and abilities that don't all revolve around her family. The next thing I want want you to know is that there's more than one way to be a virtuous woman. So, woman of valor is what a virtuous woman actually translate over to in Hebrew. And this isn't the only place where this Hebrew word is mentioned in the Bible. You can find it in Ruth 3.11. And this is where Boaz is telling Ruth, And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. There it is again. That woman of noble character. Once again, that is in Ruth 3.11. So how often do we as Christian women assume that if we want to be amazing godly women, that we have to be wives? We need to be stay-at-home wives, or we need to be mothers, or we need to be a homemaker. That something is wrong with us if, not saying that something is wrong with us if we're not, but we typically seem to think that we need to be wives or mothers. Well, the funny thing is that Ruth's life looked nothing like the virtuous woman's life. She didn't have servants. She was so poor, she had to go glean the leftovers in Boaz's field. And she wasn't even a wife. She wasn't a mom. Her husband died without giving her children, leaving her a widow. And yet, Boaz still saw her and called her in Hebrew, a virtuous woman or a woman of noble character because that is exactly what she was. She was a woman of valor. And the nice thing for all of us women is that we can be a woman of valor too. And we don't need to use the Proverbs 31 woman because she's not real anyways. But we can be the amazing godly woman that God created us to be already. Not a wife, that's okay. Not a mom, that's okay. If we mess up all the time, that is okay. Instead of us feeling discouraged, we should be inspired. And we can all be Proverbs 31 women, imperfections and all. So in closing for this, I just want to leave you with, do not think that I'm saying that you should omit the Proverbs 31 woman from your life. I just want you to know that this is not meant to discourage you. This is a song of praise in the Jewish culture. 
And I really think that we should be keeping it as praise to encourage other women. And if you're men, encourage your wife with this. I'm not saying, excuse me, I'm not saying that you need to sit at the dinner table every Sabbath and sing this song to your wife. But I am saying that this was great advice that was given from a mother to a king. And this is, these are all good traits that we could hope to possess, but let's not put so much pressure on ourselves to become that. Not Let's also not put so much pressure on ourselves that society is saying that we should be this type of wife, this type of mother, or this type of woman. Be who you already are. Use the gifts that God has already given you. So if God's given you the gift of prayer, pray for people. If he's given you the gift to go out and help people and work at a med center, do that. If if God gave you the gift to be an awesome nurturer and you think that you could do your best at home, then do that. Use the gifts that's got, that God has given you and don't, don't try to take on other people's gifts and make it a thing. So tomorrow I am going to be talking a little bit more about marriage. I'm going to be integrating my husband on Sunday as we talk about communication because communication is so important. Once again, this marriage segment is great for couples, but it is also great for individuals as well because communication is used with everyone, not just in a marriage, but we are going to be giving you some awesome resources. Um, if you do not already have the book by Dr. Egerches, it's called Love and Respect. I highly recommend that you get that. It's an amazing resource and a tool that we have used in our marriage. And it's been really successful for the friends that we've passed it down to as well. So I look forward to speaking with you this weekend on marriage and I hope you guys have a great day.